Hi, and welcome to the Fort Brock's Crypto Podcast. And I am your host, Neil Alonzo, my co-host, co-founder of Fort Brock's, Mr. Brandon. Fort Brock's, 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 Brock's. You like doing that every time, I don't know. you? Yeah. Today, it's the best episode today. You know why, that? Why is that? Oh, you sound a little more lively, this one, at the start <laughs> of one. You pick up momentum as we usually go along. Yeah, for sure. This one's kind of, okay, so this came out of um, just the communication we've had with our card partners. Mm-hmm. the feedback we've been getting on the podcast itself yeah just kind of everything and obviously because the market took such a big shit that it felt like a the perfect time to talk about the market yeah so we're talking about the market we're talking about what utility is this is on the heels of the vox.com article yeah and then we're talking about how to learn yeah about crypto because there's a lot there um and we've seen it more now that we've been doing the podcast and, you know, we have more card partners and we've just been in the space a lot longer and, you know, we're starting to become more publicly available to it all. And yeah, so we have learned a lot about how to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like we've been learning a lot about how to learn throughout our, just our personal respective careers. But yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about these things. You know, I think they're important to talk about. But before we dive into this disclosures, disclosures. So we are not financial advisors, wealth managers, lawyers, brokers or CPAs. The information we're providing is solely based upon our experience and our opinions. Uh, do not construe any of this as investment advice. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, you don't want to take investment investment advice from people that lose all their money in Luna. We didn't. No, I know. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I was like, I, I'm, I, know. I was like, wait a minute. You're like discrediting? I'm like, no. Yeah. Uh, in all transparency, though. We did do a little bit of the dead cat bounce just to see because, you know, yeah. it sounded like fun. You know, it was Saturday after it really hit on Friday. <laughs> yeah, we didn't we didn't time it full correct, but it, it, it's been a fun little ride. Yeah, it's fun to have a little skin in the game at that point. I mean, yeah. It didn't cost a lot to have skin in the game. On no, that for one. sure. I mean, I was texting you when it hit two bucks and I was like, should I buy in? Yeah. And you're like, wait. And I was like, OK, cool, cool, cool. And then it got down to point zero 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 two. It was four zeros ahead. And of I was that, like, I "Oh, maybe I should buy now." Now I'm gonna just wait. It might go lower. Didn't go any lower than that. Um, but yeah, that's when it. That's when the actual bounce happened. So yeah, I mean, I mean you can see from like chart reading. Uh, if you want to jump into that real quick, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna pull it up. I mean, it has to do with the market. I mean, Terra yeah. Luna is one of the biggest pieces. I mean, it's. It's historical now. What The shit that's gone down with that is historical in the world of crypto. For sure. When you talk about XRP, you talk about you know uh, Mt. Gox, yeah. you talk about Silk Road, Terra yeah. Luna's on that bitch now too. The Squid Game coin. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah Terra Luna's on that. Yeah, that that was really surprising and, uh, and kind of heartbreaking actually. Was it surprising though? Uh, I think so. In I think, hindsight, you I think could a see lot the writing of, on the wall. A lot of people didn't really see that going down the way it went down. So, you know, the fount was it Do Kwan? He's not doing mm-hmm. himself any favors with the way he's communicating. Oh, for sure. You know, and yeah. he is younger. Yeah. Which, I mean, this kind of goes into the utility portion of it, but we'll get yeah. to that later. Yeah. Well, I mean, as a guy who came from PR. You definitely have stuff to say about that, right? Yeah, because there's a way you have to conduct yourself. There's a way you have to be more transparent. There's a way you have to communicate with others. Look at and you're com- coming out here with a with a cane, yelling at the kids. <laughs> you're like, you guys aren't doing it correct. 
I know, right? It's yeah. we're bridging that gap. It's funny you talk about that because I'm just at the end of George Carlin's documentary that Judd Apatow put out. Ooh, I want to watch that. Real it's bad. fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, if you're a George Carlin fan, huge fan. But he had to reinvent himself and learn how to reinvent himself each generation. Yeah, because he went through a sh- you know shit show in the '80s mm-hmm. with his comedy and you know Cheech and I think it was Cheech Marine. Yeah, because they were super hot. In the early '80s, yeah, you know, with Up and Smoke and everything, and he said, "Cheech and Chong," yeah. Said, he said he was quoted, "George Carlin is obsolete." You know, this is in the early '80s. I mean, when you think yeah. about George Carlin's career in the rearview mirror right now, yeah, dude, that was so early. Well, I mean, to to just bring it back to crypto, it uh, I listened to a lot of podcasts about like stand up comedy and yeah, um, like they all talk about it as cyclical as well. Yeah. Like in the 80s when Eddie Murphy came out with Raw. Oh. You know, it was right well, de- after, right after like delirious. Richard Pryor. Or was oh, it yeah, Delirious, Raw. Eddie Murphy, Delirious. And then it was Raw. Raw's when he was wearing that full oh, red. Full red. Le- leather outfit, I think it was. Delirious was purple. No, Delirious was red. Raw was purple. My bad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, they were gnarly. He was but, amazing. But yeah, they said it's super cyclical. Like at the end of the 80s, nobody was doing stand-up comedy. Nobody was going to to like comedy clubs and then the 90s it picked back up again and then early 2000s kind of died off and you know it just it's very cyclical business for some weird reason but what how this relates to crypto in my opinion and the information of web3 yeah is it and when we're talking about the market is how we're getting our information yeah who are who are you know we talk yeah. about bad actors yeah yeah you know we talk i mean so many people now there is n- it's so easy to get from your voice or your thoughts to distribution. Yeah. Right? That's true. Yeah. And everybody's delivering it their own way. Some people want to hear it d- different ways. I feel like there's not a voice out there who's kind of the every man's voice every or every person's voice. You know? Let yeah. me, of course, correct myself, you know? Yeah. And consciously think about every person's voice because we talk a lot about humans as opposed to just men or women, yeah. young or old. It's just humans, right? Yeah. So. Well, I mean, you kind of pick your tribe. You pick what you want to watch. Like my dad, obviously, he's uh, he, not obviously, but he's always going on about the liberal left and everything. And I'm like, dude, you got to calm down. Stop watching Newsmax or Own or whatever you're watching and just like watch a movie. Okay, <laughs> bud? Well, like because like you pick the voices that speak to you. Yeah. And then those voices definitely crypto is becoming you know that poignant of a subject yeah web 3 is becoming that poignant of a subject oh for sure where you talk about politics yeah you talk about religion yeah these are fucked up topics man nobody wants to have those conversations at dinner parties because usually you don't leave with that many friends yeah that's true you know because everybody has opinions about it and they're everybody's Mm -hmm. super passionate about it i have the opinion that if it fulfills your life makes you happy helps you make good decisions you know what? Do what you're going to do, man. Yeah. But when it comes to crypto and we're talking about the market and the reason why I brought up, you know, the comedian side of things is that I think everybody who's talking about crypto today, um, they only know so much. Yeah. There's a lot of pretension in it. Yeah, for sure. Right. And this is going to go into the piece where we're talking about how to learn. But when it comes to the market, I mean, you really have to do your own research. Yeah. Right. So one of the reasons why they say the crash happened was Terra Luna. Yeah. Another reason is inflation. Yeah. Another reason is... Well, I mean, this this last one, the last leg of it, was yeah. definitely Terra Luna. You have... Um, 
What makes you say that? Well, because it it wiped out like fifty billion dollars worth of market cap. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like that's just like up and smoke vanished. Two thousand eight crash. You know, same sort of thing. Where it's just like tons of people' money just vanished yeah. right away. Yeah. And you're sitting there, and it, it it'll definitely put a bad taste in your mouth. It'll put a bad taste in your mouth if like you finally decided to jump on and and hit the Bitcoin train in November in in November of whatever, when it was $69,000 a a token. So you're sitting there, you're like, why, why did I throw the trigger on this? Yeah. Throw my money into this. And then, um, I mean, you've, you've got a lot of FUD out there too about fear, uncertainty and doubt about what is like, you know, like you've got like, Warren Buffett saying like, "Oh, it'll never be a, a thing." And you've oh, got, you got kingpins out there. You got Bill yeah. Gates talking Bill, shit on yeah. crypto right now. Yeah, you know, you've, well, all the while he's probably just like waiting for it to hit eight k so he can just <laughs> buy up the supply of it. I mean, that's you know? that's what kind of what's crazy too, right? If it gets low enough, certain people could buy a substantial amount of this. Oh yeah, I mean, well, I mean, so a lot of people. I mean, there are people that think that it could go down as low as 8k for a token of bitcoin and if it does i'm gonna buy as much as i can afford at that time honestly and just wait it out another two years uh because it's so cyclical it'll probably bounce up to higher than sixty nine thousand dollars. yeah well i mean in full disclosure you and i are believers in crypto yeah for sure you know we talk a little bit and we're gonna talk more about utility here in yeah. a little bit but as I mean, far if as you're the market's look, concerned. If you're looking for just price action, um I mean this happened in two thousand thirteen. Yeah. After the, the bull market was was the bear oh, market. Nine years ago. And then you had yeah, almost ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And then you had uh Coinbase come into existence and then everybody like it was so open for people to buy, the price shot up from like uh, something like a hundred bucks to almost twenty thousand dollars. It was nineteen fifty at that time. Yeah. And then in January, it just crashed all of a sudden. Yeah. Put a lot of bad taste into people's mouth. Yeah. Because they, uh, I mean, this is this is what I try to tell people. I try to tell people, like, get in when it's a bear market, not a bull market. Yeah. I mean, you can make fast money in a bull market. You see people doing it all the time. Like we did. Yeah, I made some money on Doge. And then, and then, right when it's like, you know, the the hard times, people are like, ah, you know, whatever. They it's interesting, out. right? Because yeah. remember, it was I think April twenty twenty one. Yeah. You had tweets coming out from Cuban. You had tweets coming out from Elon, and you could see, you know, the market immediately like go boom, boom, like on a coin, yeah. like say Doge. Because yeah. that's when it kind of took off. And then it take you know it just goes back down. But now when you see prolific figures on Twitter, you don't see that big jump right now. No. Because of where the market is. Yeah. There's a lot of differing opinions. You know, you have financial analysts that are saying that it's tied to inflation. It's tied to, the, yeah. you know, the dollar. And then you have other people um, like Michael Saylor. And there's a few other people I've seen tweeting on Twitter that have, you know, prominence in the space yeah that say crypto has nothing to do with inflation 
And so there are contrasting schools of thought, and they both have arguments for both sides. Yeah, well, I mean, if you if you look at uh, not to cut you off, but no, no. If, I mean, if you if the dollar is is losing value, that means like statistically or like prob the probability is that each coin is going to be worth more to the dollar, but for some reason that's not happening right now because we're in a bear cycle and. You, do you get what I'm saying? Like, why you is it should, tied you just should. to the USD? Um, well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Why yeah. isn't it tied to another currency? Uh, I'm not positive, but like the dollar is probably, even though we're in like really inflated times, the dollar is still gaining traction on every other currency as a, um, like. Like versus, I guess. I don't know. I was just in Europe and it was uh, 1.08 euros to every dollar. Yeah. I've never seen it that close to an actual dollar before in my life, but that's probably because of the war in Ukraine. So, I mean, there's a lot of factors that come into this. Yeah. My biggest problem with a lot of this is that humans created the way our financial system, system is set up today. Yeah. Humans have now created crypto. Yeah. This wasn't AI, you know satoshi that side of the fence the story while we may not know who that is mm -hmm. this wasn't created by ai so in that way i'm of the opinion that right now there's so much opposition going on with crypto as far as regulators because there's money involved right yeah when's the last time you heard people bitching this much about homelessness there's no fucking money in it i mean this is a joke that I even yeah. I saw on George Carlin's documentary. It's like there's no money in it. Yeah. So people, it's such a poignant topic because it's money is involved. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm also depending. This is a morbid subject, but and I've heard other people say something similar to this fact. But death is a great filter system, right? Because we have to change. We have to evolve. Society has yeah. to evolve. There needs to be innovation. Yeah. This iteration of changing our financial structures, breaking down walls from decades yeah. of ways of doing things. You know, the winners write the history books. We've talked about this many times. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So in that way, even if crypto doesn't get the embrace that it should get, in my opinion, in this decade, yeah, people will pass away. People in politics who are older will pass away, and then the guard that was for crypto will come back in yeah. and revisit the policy and enact whatever they think should be done. And then that cycle will die, and then you'll have other humans come in and grow into it. You, you see what I'm saying? It's yeah. just a cycle. It, it's going to happen at some point mm -hmm. because there's enough people who believe it right now in their 20s, 30s, 40s, yeah, some in their 50s, 60s, but we don't, you know, I don't know that we have as many candidates and i use that word as far as people you know stakeholders or people willing who can to make, plant a flag yeah and say this shit's gonna go this, this is way. the hill i'm gonna die on <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean yeah i mean there's so many things i mean yeah. when you think about and i know this goes into politics and we're not political people but it's becoming more political in the sense because it's just humans yeah you know and how we govern ourselves and I think a lot of the decisions that are causing the market to do what it is doing is as a result of human decisions. Because a stock, and I'll give you an example, Facebook was a great 
example. They were did nothing differently from the day that they went from being private to being an IPO. Yeah. They actually increased users, right? They did more in ad sales, and yet their price of their stock went down in the first couple of days. It's like, what the fuck? Why? Mm. You know what I mean? Everything about the business model at that time was still trending upward. So it was much more bullish, if you will. Mm -hmm. And yet the price went down. And it's like, it's because it's speculation, man. Yeah, for sure. It's not like it's a content, like a race. I love races because there's a clear winner. There might be dirty riding or dirty driving, depending upon if you like bikes or cars. Yeah, what type of racing. But it's a clear winner. There's a clear distinction of where you are at in the rank and fold. Judging sports, judging gymnastics, you know. There's clear lines of what's good and what's not, Mm -hmm. you know, but that's still subjective judging things like that are culture driven, like skateboarding. It's hard to judge. Yeah. Yes, you can say certain things, but some skaters make a trick look better than it's hard. Right. Did you see that Tony, Tony Hawk doc? Yeah. Okay. It was a good doc. Yeah. I like Sam Jones. I'm big Sam Jones. But where I'm going with this is that there's so much human involvement in the space that I've never felt comfortable with stocks because it can be manipulated in such a way. Yeah. And there's been more chatter. And I think there was an article that came out fairly recently that talks about this. Um, it might've been on wired. Uh, I forget it'll be in our show notes, but it talks about how the same things with crypto are harder to happen, but it could happen with the exchanges such as there was a lady who was a secretary for a lawyer law firm in New York. And you know, she was always there knowing when they were buying certain stocks. Yeah. And she was piggybacking on them, buying and selling when, you know, her boss was buying and selling or her bosses. And, you know, she's in That's her... insider training. Yeah. Well, sorta, but it, it was very I mean the article again, it'll be in our show notes, but it talks about when she passed away, she had nine million dollars. Mm-hmm. A lady who never by especially during that era would never have accumulated that type of wealth. But then now with crypto who would be an insider? Yeah. I mean, the exchanges know when they're going to list a coin. Yeah. We love Ravencoin. We think it should be on Coinbase. Yeah. Coinbase has some other shit coins that have more prominence. Hey, Coinbase, if you're <laughs> listening. But having said that, yeah. if you knew at Coinbase that Raven was going to be listed, you bought it. Yeah. You, you know, you're a market maker. You know, you're a king maker. That's, I mean, that's what a lot of people have been like... Like when when Coinbase first came up, you were just waiting for that that Coinbase pump that shit shit coin that you bought to like pump, and yeah. everybody was waiting for it. You're like, yes, do this, do yeah. this. Um, but now, yeah, now like I just see more utility in them, and I I there's so many more ways that you can accumulate coins and get them that you don't even need to wait for that coinbase pump anymore not as much yeah because i mean much. there's not really that much of a pump well there's not a pump right now because we're in a down market yeah you know i mean there's still be a little pump just because it's more available people can buy it you see a pump every time a new coin is listed on an exchange yeah because it finds its real value or its perceived it's value. perceived value so yeah. this in step with the market situation yeah. in all things crypto and I know we're going to talk a little. Well, let me let me just go back because yeah. uh, you were bringing up some interesting points, and uh, I don't know if you yeah you definitely saw this because you posted about it. Um, GameStop, Ryan Cohen, the CEO, 
like I feel he might be on like the edge of this and like trying to push them like that whole company into into somewhat of that direction like they just released a non-custodial wallet yep um for only ethereum based tokens layer two and he that that wallet is trying to solve like the gas fee issues without even them going to 2.0 by making a layer two just like i think the lightning network lightning network for bitcoins doing that right so now. I, it's just it's doing? just interesting to like get yourself into that position and and such like a weird pivot although like it makes sense because um nft is nfts are tied so heavily to gaming right now where you've got um like the gamification of of certain nfts like taking them play to earn tokens yeah you can change your nfts by combining them getting new nfts based off that so like that the whole game market is kind of growing in that way and then you've got GameStop just trying to get in on the ground floor, like boop, boop, boop. Here's your wallet. You can hold all your NFTs, and they've got such a rabid fan base that it's, it's, it's just very interesting. Like you were talking about, you know, these people that, like, who's going to come in? Who's going to step up? And it looks like, it might be, Brian Cohen. I don't know. He's one of many. I mean, yeah. Look at Jamie Damon, right? Yeah. He's the J.P. Morgan Chase CEO. Yeah. All right. The one that said. There's no future with Bitcoin. Yeah, and then I mean, he changes tune. Oh, he's, of course he changes tune, man. He goes where the money goes. You know, I'm not a big fan of J.P. Morgan Chase on so many levels. Yeah, but without trying to bring in my bias into that topic, yeah. this also represents kind of so many things. He's an old world guard. Yeah, at at some point in time, all of our mortality happens. Yeah, we pass on, and then what's left behind us is what will become the future. Yeah, you know, I'm of the opinion that we need to make humans more capable of making good decisions. Yeah. Um, but we can only see so far in front of us. A lot of us, you know, we're, you know, in full transparency, we mine because it makes money. Yeah. But in the case of, you know, JP Morgan chase, they have their hands in so many things. Well, not a lot right now, but yeah, well, they're going to, they're creating, they're trying to help create a CBDC. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh... then he talks about not being a fan of Bitcoin, but they're very much into DeFi. And he talks about the, you know, the technology that underpins it. He likes that. Well, no shit. Yeah. Because if you understand what's happening here. Yeah. And there was a podcast that I listened to with Darren uh, Feinstein, I believe. And he boils it down. The immutable ledger of the Bitcoin blockchain. If you're an accountant and you understand what an immutable ledger does and is, you just see it and you just see the biggest blank canvas for opportunity. Yeah. But how does this relate to market? I mean, so many things could be driving down. Yeah. Crypto as opposed to the stocks. Yeah. And things could drive it up. Yeah. But it is, it's a different market as, as much as it is tied to stocks yeah. currently. Most of that is vanity, in my opinion. It's human created in the sense that it doesn't need to be that way. Yeah. It really doesn't. There can be a clear distinction of value in crypto in the future. Um, when you think about, why DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations, are created so that humans can get out of the fucking way, yeah, and things can be ran better, yeah. But you're still going to have to have humans involved to set those guardrails so that the technology can do what it is meant to do. 
in this particular case of crypto and its pricing structure or the way it fluctuates and the way the market interprets it, you're still going to have to have humans involved to get it to a place so that it can do what it's supposed to do and being more agnostic and clear in how its value is, you know, defined. Yeah. And so people talk about Bitcoin all the time that it's not really going to be used for payments, mm -hmm. even though it is store of value. Um, but with things like the Lightning Network, it makes it a little bit more sense because now you don't have to deal with the fees. Yeah. You know, when I transferred, you know, we were testing out some Bitcoin stuff the other day. Yeah. When I transferred some Bitcoin out of Cash App that I earned from Boost using my Cash App card. Oh, interesting. Right? Which okay. I'm fucking huge fan of, right? You know, go Jack Dorsey on that. Um, it gave me three options from the yeah. Lightning Network. You know, get there fast, which is supposedly in 10 minutes and I pay a certain fee. Get there medium pace or go free. I'm going to go free. And I sent one fast. You know what? At that point in time, they both weren't that much different. No. But in step with Jack Dorsey, you saw that he's doing the Bitcoin rigs. Uh, oh, he's making them? Well, yeah. We'll pull up. Let me pull up. Yeah. I, that That's that's pretty interesting. Jack Dorsey's another one that, like, I mean, he left Twitter to work on crypto. Yeah. Block.xyz. Oh, okay, cool. That, that's that's that. He's shell. making making. New... Well, it's because it's integrating into Square and Square. They opened up a checking, a way of running a you know business checking, mm -hmm. but it's not a fully flush business checking because we signed up for it before we found out about Mercury. Yep. Because we are a crypto mining company. Um, and they're like, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah, but Jack Dorsey is working to decentralize Bitcoin mining. He says we're officially building an open Bitcoin mining system. Interesting. Yeah, block the and this is reading from the article on the Verge. Block the payment company, formerly known as Square, is working on building an open Bitcoin mining system, right? Mm. And Jack Dorsey announced. So, what does this mean? Yeah, yeah. And this, what, what does that mean? Everything seems to happen on Twitter. Mm -hmm. A lot of the chatter seems to happen on Twitter. And if you were into crypto, Web three space, and on Twitter, you we are living in our own funnel. Yeah, it is. It's um, it is tunnel vision. It is Echo funnel chamber. vision. All Echo those chamber, things. yeah. Because you think everybody's talking about it. Everybody fucking knows about it. You know what? No. No. So many people don't. Their algorithm, like, if you like one thing, it's just like, oh, hey, you know what? Yeah. The moment we posted about Flux, I got all kinds of shit in Flux in my feed now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, w I didn't change any of the people I was following. Yeah. But damn, if I don't have a lot of fucks, 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 flux chatter. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know what I same, mean? Same here. Um, you know? But how does this all relate to the market? So in my point, as far mm -hmm. as, you know, when card partners or anybody asks me, you know, what do you see in the market right now? Yeah. I see a lot of human error. I see a lot of human learning. I, I, I see, see a lot, lot of human of, adoption. A lot of people kind of taking out money, and that's why it's so down. They're taking out money for other needs. Like when that's... That, oh, know, I know people who've liquidated some of their crypto assets simply because their, you know, earned their bread and butter money to live yeah. has been called into question. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? But, you know, here's, here's one thing I will say about that. Yeah. It, you can liquidate it super fast. That's true. Yeah. You know, when it comes to stocks and other pieces or other assets, it's hard to liquidate your stuff. Yeah. And at least you can liquidate crypto pretty quick. Yeah. But in step with Oh, do you want to is the motivation behind the way the market is. That that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Is I well, think I mean, this uh, is an opportunity for us to change it. I don't know that it will be changed, and when I say us, I mean as people. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm when people are like, Oh, it's down, I'm like, Yeah, it's down. Well so <laughs> I love I've read this somewhere and I totally agree. Right now everything's on sale. Yeah. It's awesome. Yes. Well, I mean, anytime it goes down, people are like, oh, DCA, you know, dollar cost average in. And I'm like, no, like, wait till it goes down more. I don't know. I'm I'm all about that DCA life. But also, like, if you need money to live, like, take it out and live off of it. Don't just keep it in there. Some, like, weird promise to yourself that you're going to get it back because you might not get it back. So if you need to take it out, take it out. Um, but that's what's causing all this right now. I mean, we can't all sell at the top and buy at the bottom. So, well, yeah. Well, I mean, look at real estate. <laughs> yeah, real estate right now. You know, the interest rates went up, yeah. so housing sales are down because people are pulling out, you know, less loans or applying for less loans. Yeah, Tyler, um, the banker that we had on the podcast, episode one, episode what up, one, Tyler? Yeah, Tyler. Sees it. I mean, he had, I think he even tweeted about it. He had something like 20 loans in the hopper. Now he has three and, you know, on a consistent basis. Yeah. That's a substantial decrease, right? Yeah. Of loans. Yeah, for sure. And so it's to the point now where, you know, a mortgage loan originator has a completely different purview of the way things are going because not even at the start of this year, the rates were low. People yeah. were refinancing left and right. We were, you know, I even participated in some of that stuff with, yeah. um, you know, some of my family's properties, but it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you saw that coming down the pipe and you saw all these loans and you saw the interest rates grow up and everybody going refinance their stuff. And now it's tapped out. Home values went through the roof. I mean, they went through the roof yeah. during the recession. Everything. I mean, car values went through the roof yeah. during the recession. People were buying brand new cars. You know what I mean? At what point in time yeah. do people start making better decisions financially? I mean, I'm a big believer in everybody has their own choices yeah but the crypto space really in my opinion is bringing a lot of these things to the forefront i mean it's already been a culture movement yeah crypto in my opinion is a culture movement it's not just about finances it's well, about I mean, so much more for sure well um and you just see that in in the way people talk about it and like the way people make fun of it i mean you know it's yeah, it's like, easy to make fun of something like that. Yeah, because you don't you don't understand it fully, so you're just gonna like harp on it. Well, not only that, it's hard to understand something that isn't even it's still fully so, formed. Yeah. yeah, it's still it's working on its way. As far as the Bitcoin mining from Jack Dorsey's side of the fence, yeah. I'm gonna put that in the show notes. Okay, cool. Moving into the utility side of this episode, I wanted to segue by mentioning the fact of the changing of the guard example again. Mm-hmm. And this kind of goes in step with the utility example. There was an article on Vox.com that asked a lot of hard questions. Yeah. We talked about it a little bit on the news recap show that we did last week. Yeah. Okay. Vibes. But in step with that, it asks a lot of the hard questions. And it says that crypto is a you know solution looking for problems. Yeah. And it's true. It is. You mean, when you talk, you know, for those of you who follow VCs or anything in the tech space, you know, it was move fast, move fast and break things. Yeah. Right. That was the mantra of many, a tech startup, you know, it was adopted when things were moving at such a pace web 2.0. Right. Yeah. But there wasn't as much at stake on those move fast and break things as far as building a social network. Yeah. Building a SaaS platform software as a service. Easy. You know, 
Uber, Lyft, I mean, Zipcar. You're only beholden to your investors. You're beholden to the investors and your customer experience. But you know, if you give a shitty customer experience, you would hope that the company just can't last that long. Yeah. You weren't talking about people's money. Yeah. The moment people start putting in money into like things, normal people. Yeah. Anybody. Yeah. Crypto is the anybody because mm-hmm. you don't have to be a stockbroker to buy crypto. No. It's one of the craziest equalizers we've ever had. Real estate has always been crypto, in my opinion, in the sense of anybody can go buy real estate. Yeah. You you can become well, a real estate investor. I mean, it's even easier than that now because I, you needed a good credit score to, uh, to get that. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> you talked to my boy DeVille, man. He, yeah. he, he was able to build some doors with very... A high DTI, debt-to-income ratio, yeah. maybe not the best credit. He found a way, man. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of stories of people not having a whole lot in their pocket. Yeah. If you know how to work the system and you pay attention and you don't just consider, oh, I'm not gonna, I'll do it someday, or yeah. you actually put in the time, but it is a job. It is. It takes work. Yeah. But not to go off too far on a tangent, people were always able to become real estate investors. You can create rental properties. I mean, if you think mm-hmm. about it, you can rent any personal property. You can rent your car. You didn't need tech to do it. You yeah. can rent your computer out, rent a camera out. Yeah. You don't need tech to do it. Yeah. Tech just broke down the barriers and made it easier for people, more convenient. Crypto has now made investing and creating any potential for wealth. Yeah. And wealth, again, is defined by the person, not necessarily being rich, but let's just say for this conversation, wealth means that you do not have to worry about waking up to work to cover your bills. Let's say that's true wealth, just for the sake of this conversation. Oh, wow. Okay, so maybe your overhead is $1,500 a month. Maybe it's $15,000 a month. If you're able to generate a cash flowing asset that produces that amount. I'm just trying to imagine what that would be like. (laughs) But my point being is it's such a crazy level playing field that anybody can participate in it now. Yeah. And it's super convenient. You can do it while you're on the toilet taking a shit. Yeah. It's that easy. I mean, that's why people like Robinhood because it took like all the, or why they still like Robinhood. And acorns. Yeah. Because it it, allowed you to. Simplify the process. Mm -hmm. Humans like convenience, man. I still use acorn. Yeah. Yeah. I love convenience. Yeah. So in step with that, move fast and break things doesn't work real well when you're dealing with people's money, man. No, for sure. You know, um, everything about Terra Luna, the way it's unfolding, it's like you're learning like, oh, who are the people building this shit? Yeah. And you, there hasn't been enough questioning of that because it's not like you have to get licensed yeah. to build any of the tech around finances. I'm not saying that people should. I love the fact that technology can be picked up. You can create something. And overnight, even though it's never overnight, <laughs> you could become a billionaire or a worldwide sensation. And look at Vitalik Buterin. He's a young man. Yeah. Young man who put out something, right? He did have the support of Peter Thiel. That goes a long way. Yeah. But still, he's able to... It's not like he had to get accredited. He just had to learn enough of his craft to build something special, right? hmm But during that whole time, it's kind of that cliche in tech. Just because you can build it, should you build it, yeah. right? In finances, you have to get a license to become a broker. Yeah, you have to be licensed to, you know, just make decisions on loans. But here's the thing: a lot of those, there's so much crap in that. Yeah, you know what I mean. With the licensing, the way that it's done, the way that it's governed, the way that it, you know, any type of regulatory is enforced. I mean, just look back at 2008. 
how many people actually really got punished in that shit? You know? Like went to jail? Yeah. Uh, I think one person. Oh, you're just thinking of the big short. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, we don't have all the details of that, but, but please. No, nobody got punished. I don't know. But my point being is this, is that you don't have to have a license to develop A lot tech. of people lost their job, though. So, yeah. Yeah, a lot of... There's... Well, I mean, it was kind of reiterated in the movie, but who suffered? Middle class and poor people. Yeah. They suffered the most. Yeah. In the crypto space right now, anybody who invested... the same. It's, it's level. It's whoever put in on bad tech yeah, or a bad delivery of tech. Because it wasn't even necessarily that the tech failed. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like... Well, it did. It, well, okay. It, it toppled. Well... After the decoupling, if you... I mean, it, it makes total sense why. Because okay. UST, which was their stable coin, um, wasn't backed by real assets. It was backed by an algorithm of assets. Yep. So all you had to do to get that domino to fall was pull the right Jenga piece. Somebody did that, took out their money too quick, and then that that Jenga tower just fell and then caused the Luna, which was their other token, to completely implode. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know. So it is I'm, partially I'm, a tech. Well. So to speak. It's not yeah, like. Yeah, because I guess because it was an algorithm, but I mean, it. it like I'm kind of with that senator. I don't know which one said it, but they they said like we can't have stable coins that aren't backed one to one by real like value, right? Because otherwise, stuff like this is going to happen. Yeah. So, well, stable coins again is leaning on the power of the dollar, yeah, as opposed to just the crypto being on its own, yeah. Um, but when how does this all relate to the utility is where I'm going with yeah, it, right? For sure. Because you don't have to have a license to build a lot of the stuff, the innovation is happening fast. It's happened it in is. tech. So many things that were built. But the only people that were gonna take something new like this are creative people. Yeah, for sure. I believe that tech people are very creative. They're well, very creative in what they can actually build. Well, once it once people see the actual utility in smart contracts, like bankers uh, you're oh they're seeing it your ceo of jp morgan chase you know yeah. like once once actual real value is getting put into their account every month it becomes real yeah no it's the same thing that happens with real estate investing and it's then never you can, real until you get it then you can you know leverage whatever's coming in with whatever else and then it'll spiral into chaos that we currently have but yeah <laughs> but so in step with where's the utility the vox.com article asked you know where's the utility crypto is a solution and look in search for problems yeah right there's so many things about that that's a hard question yeah and it, it does beg the question just because you can build it should it be yeah but how far in the future can you see we've talked about it on other you're saying situations like something like the ethereum yeah for sure because like nobody saw that coming and so then well vitalik buterin has a number of threads that went out last week and i think it's even stayed a little consistent this week but more so last week yeah it looks like he's openly talking about the challenges he's facing as somebody who helped create something that is going and creating all these Aww. ecosystems poor baby <laughs> well here's the thing okay get your shit together <laughs> so 
Okay, young man yeah. built something that's widely adopted yeah. by so many people, and people now have become billionaires on top of this. Mm -hmm. Okay, you can talk as much shit as you want about NFTs as far as the creative use for imagery. Yeah, imagery that you think could possibly be done by you know a person in kindergarten. Yeah, but here's the thing: it's still commerce. Um, oh, for sure, because. Most people, if they could have, they would have invented the pet rock or the beanie baby. Yeah. NFTs in the creative space in the Wild West time we are currently in, which I don't believe can last forever in no. its current phase. It just can't. It already isn't in its a lot of ways. But if more people could have created their own version of a pet rock or beanie baby, they would have. Yeah. It's just the distribution and the marketplace wasn't there to easily conceive, bring to market, and sell something like that would compete with each other. Yeah, You had to be a company to put something out and scale. To go to scale now does not take you as much time. Yeah, That's the utility in full example from Web 2.0. Yep. Web 3.0 is now basically everything that was closed walls, let's say to corporations or you know people who had licenses like financial advisors, is now it's just the world is flat more because yeah. now it doesn't take as much for crypto. Yeah. But that is a portion of the utility that's already being shown, in my opinion. Problem is, it's being shown in such a volatile way, in a way that seems contrived. Um, it, you know, in some ways it seems pretentious. You know, there's a lot of things about it that have a mystique to it, just simply because it's a new part of our vernacular. And it's a boys' club. And still, yeah, it's hugely male-driven. Yeah, you got to acknowledge that. You know, there's not enough currently. Currently. There's a lot of females involved. Yeah. Um, but what it doesn't have, regardless of gender, it just doesn't have enough voice of reason. Yeah. But it's hard to have a voice of reason when there's a gold rush. Yeah, You know for what sure. I mean? Think about it at Wal a, a Black Friday at Walmart. Yeah. Door greeters get trampled and killed because people want to save money on whatever. Yeah. This is a fucking gold rush. People are getting trampled and killed to get into the fucking Walmart of crypto. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, honestly, if you were a person saying, hey, everyone, let's kind of let's check ourselves and watch, you know, give ourselves a second. If you were that door greeter at the crypto Walmart, you're getting killed. Yeah, <laughs> you're fucking dead. And that's what's happening. And so, I mean, could that be part of the market? Maybe. But it does show in a very aggressive and almost negative way where the utility can be powerful. Now, our opinion of the utility, it hasn't been brought to its real potential yet and it probably won't be over the course of the next five years we're going to see iterations of it but i mean when you think about the fact that you could as a 12 year old child create a coinbase account today you could yeah you could you know for all the checkpoints and everything know your customers sure you could still create one you can get open up a trust wallet and start getting crypto sent back and forth to you and your friends. All it takes is that first coin to get in there. Yeah. It'll start growing on its own. So when you think about the utility as far as banking countries, I love that it removes the intermediary. And I heard this somewhere that crypto as a utility too is removing the intermediaries. In real estate, I talk about them as profit choppers. You know, there's all yeah. these people with their hands in the pie who I don't believe really earn their cut of that pie in real estate investing. Yeah. Crypto as a utility is eliminating a lot of those profit choppers, those intermediaries. 
yeah. that come into play. So that in itself is utility. But at the end of the day, too, the tech behind it, that immutable ledger, and the things that can be built from that type of tech has yeah. nothing to do with currency. It yeah. has to do with removing intermediaries. Yeah, It has to do with removing um, the ability to change the logbook, if you will. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. So those are just some points of where the utility is demonstrating itself today just with a different face. Yeah. I mean, you're still going to get your agents that, you know, and anything that try and get cut in. Yeah. The the door openers, the deal makers. Well, plus you have to find value in ways that most people don't look at value. Yeah. I'll give you an example. Mobile homes. Yeah. <laughs> it's the stereotypes of it are true to some extent, but more often than not, I've met wonderful people just living on less means, and some of them are actually quite wealthy. They just choose to live a certain lifestyle. But some of these, a lot of these parks that we're in, because we do, you know, flips of mobile homes, but we offer seller financing, so we own our full stack. The only thing that we can't really control is escrow, because legally in California, we're not allowed to. We can only have a 5% hand in the escrow. But where I'm going with that is, is that these communities are like Facebook groups, but in real life. Yeah. And there's a humanity side of it that's amazing. But if I go to a bank and try to get a loan on a mobile home, they tell me no. It's a depreciating asset. Uh, okay, banker, I'm going to show you a home that's 1968. And I'm going to show you pictures of this. It has all new tech, you know, has all the new, uh, you know, furnishings, fixtures, bells and whistles, a Nest thermostat, all new wiring, plumbing. You know, it's four walls, man. Yeah. It's more customizable and you can fix it at any point in time, more so than a stick build home. But a bank tells me it's a depreciating asset. I see it as a place where somebody can live and people will pay for somewhere they can live even in a downtime. And we saw it during the pandemic. So my point being is this, is that you have to search for value with different eyes than the ones that have been given to us leading up through our schooling, leading up through our culture, our society. Yeah. You know, it sounds very soapboxy in a little ways, but crypto is that you have to change the way you look at things. The mindset that you need to be in for crypto can't be just tied to currency. It cannot be. You have to find value in other ways. There is so much value out there, a substantial amount of value that can be created. And that's where the utility comes into play. And that's why we talk about blue sky stuff all the time. Yeah. Because it helps to make it tangible. Is it built yet? No. But if we talk about it, if other people talk about it, other people are probably thinking about it. Yeah. And then it'll be created. You know, yeah. it, I heard a phrase, and I'm sure other people have heard it, speak it into existence. Yeah. In this particular scenario, crypto needs more of that. Yeah, cheeseburger. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but, for sure. I, yeah, I, I get that fully. Yeah. But I mean, what do you think about the old guard situation of things? Because... Where it's at right now, the financial system, because everybody's yeah. looking at crypto as a financial component as opposed to anything else but, but even though it drives utility in so many other verticals. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back to GameStop then. Okay. Somebody did a, a documentary about it on HBO. I think we talked about it. I was like, did you see that documentary? Oh, I haven't seen the GameStop About one. the GameStop craze, like that, that moment in time. Well... Like, I think it's episode three or the third part, or maybe it's the second part. They start introducing um, something super illegal, which is trading non-existent shares. 
So that's where basically Wall Street has like a leg up on regular investors is because they can get at those um, unlisted, unaccredited shares. So what ended up happening was is that uh, somebody would buy up a bunch of those shares to short the stock and then take, you know, buy it for on margin for X amount. And then when they couldn't cover those shares, that's when the price skyrocketed immensely, basically. Because they had to buy back the shares at X date for X price, thinking that it was going to be, you know, five whatever bucks. And it turned to be like 40. So then they they have a rush to buy all these shares that don't exist. Right. So it... It raised the value substantially, almost crashed the entire market, according to the the, the documentary. documentary. Yeah. So now with with those same people, the GameStoppers, the people like on Twitter, on Reddit, on GameStonk, you know, I don't know, they're they're nuts. Yeah. yeah. The Wall Street Bet Boys, basically, they're all saying to go to. I think CompuShare or, or ComputerShare.com uh-huh. and buy directly from them because it's it's a one to one match, and their their blue sky is that they're gonna turn each one of those shares into an NFT, so then you only can own that share if you have basically buy an NFT from somebody else, which is that share and at that share price. Yeah. So I mean that's that's really interesting in a way that like if they pulled off all their shares they're like okay you know and just made it through this one company then they would know exactly how many shares like if they delist themselves basically like what you're saying it's really cool in theory yeah you know but i don't know if they've like come to accomplish it or well something yet but and Execution then, and is then, everything, man. Yeah. So <laughs> even with this this new crypto wallet, yeah, um, I'm hearing rumblings that they're going to just offer an NFT if you have it and sort of airdrop it to you. So with a an actual real share of the company through computer share or something. So it's it's just yeah, it's you know a little bit of old guard meeting the utility of the the new one. I don't know if you've heard it so similar in the way you're describing, I would say it's similar in tone and nature of motivation behind it. But the CEO of Instagram, Adam Mosseri, I'm mm-hmm. sorry if I'm saying his last name wrong. He just did a Ted talk and he's talking about how creators and platforms can work together to create more of a singular way of working You okay. know, in the world of web three and crypto, let's say the, yeah. to summarize what he was saying. Was Zuckerberg back there behind the curtain? I don't know. I, I listened to I'm it. I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> so what he's saying is imagine if Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever, they all abided by this token that was the creator that basically embodied the creator mm-hmm. and the creator had this token yeah. and that token, you know, was what people would buy, you know, portions of. So yeah. say I wanted to be a subscriber of you, Brandon, and all the content you have. Yeah. You have your token. Yeah. Right? So I subscribe to Brandon. Brandon token. Brandon token, right? And all the content, I get access to it. I see it on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Does not matter. Mm-hmm. If Instagram blows up tomorrow, I'm still your subscriber. You and I have the relationship, not Instagram and you. Yeah. And Instagram and me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I have to go through Instagram to get to you to get my content that I love about Brandon so much. Yeah. Nope. 
you still it's our relationship yeah but because all the networks are saying yes we will align on this it puts the power in the creator's hands in a way that it's never been put before got it but again prior to instagram the lines of distribution of any type of content yeah. or voice or interaction between humans there was so many intermediaries yeah so this is where that intermediary discussion goes again yeah. but i think that's amazing so there's a lot of things like that that are happening and instagram by the ceo talking about it at a ted talks you know it's very much a inception piece right yeah at least you'd like to think i'm i'm interested to see how much like that actually is where people's mind goes with that because i i mean like he's the ceo of instagram like why yeah yeah. I don't know. Maybe so, maybe he just sees the writing on the wall that like more content creators are putting the hands or their own like spin on things. Even though I say that, but I just watched like like a mini doc about like houses full of TikTok kids and they have like one manager that just gets them money for their videos and then they just all hang out and make videos all day. That's all they do. Well, so I mean it like a manager agent, you know? Well, here's the thing. I'll, I'll give you an example of this. Hand it, in that cookie jar, you know? Drake just did a big inclusive deal with Universal Group, right? Drake could have, and this was something that was chatter in that area as mm-hmm. entertainment, music, you know, content in general. Yeah. Drake could have taken everything he was doing and done it himself. Yeah. He didn't need Universal. No. He didn't. And if he did, that would have changed the fucking game. Yeah, but why would you? If you're Drake, who cares? You're going to make Jamillions anyway. Okay. Why, why, like, what does he need that extra, like, 100 mil for, I guess? So that becomes the point, right? Yeah. Are you doing it for the money? Are you doing it for the evolution and the empowerment that it would represent? Well, I mean, because let's say he even got 100 million less. Yeah. He would have been a part of that movement that would have made creators owners of their content in a way that even the Beatles would only dream about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they own their masters through Apple Music. Yeah. Right? They own their content, but they didn't own every single thing. They own almost most of it. Yeah. All of it. But it he could have set something in motion. Well, do you right know now. why they own all their stuff? No, I don't. Yeah. Oh, because they were. Please um, tell me. Educate me. Uh, I think the story is they were like Paul McCartney was hanging out with Michael Jackson, and like some of the rights or the rights to their songs went up for sale, and Michael Jackson was like, "You guys should buy these." And Paul McCartney's like, "Why?" He's like, "So you own your own music," and then uh, he outbid them. I guess. That's awesome. Yeah. That's sick. For the their music. That's funny. So, but in step so, with that, yeah. when we're talking about utility, and we'll close the loop on utility because we're going to move on to our next topic, which is how to learn, is that time's going to work its magic regardless. The yeah. opinions we have today are only going to last our lifetime. Yeah. You know what I mean? The people that are moving things into motion, some people have the power to put action into things. Um, crypto's leveling that playing field. That is part of the utility. Part of the utility is the intrinsic value of what it's empowering people to do, not just the tech even, in mm-hmm. my opinion. It's becoming more prevalent to me as more time we spend in the space that we're yeah. doing. But in step with that, when we talk about time work and its magic, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese. Yeah. Leaders in their field. 
Yeah. They broke barriers in their content, right? Yeah. Well, when Netflix started getting Oscar nominations and winning, those same pioneers started bitching and moaning about how, oh, this isn't true art. This isn't what should be. So they became the old guard. Yeah. At I'm that moment. The, at that moment. I believe it's happening. It, it can happen to the best of us. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're all. But didn't Scorsese do. Oh, now he has Irishman? big Netflix. Yeah. Now he has the big Irishman deal. Oh, yeah. There's been. Unless they openly say, you know what? I was wrong. Yeah. And the Beastie Boys have been really good about that. I love that the fact that they're like, oh, yeah, we're hypocritical because we were in our 20s. Now we're in our 30s and we've learned. Yeah. The decisions we were making then, you know what? We're changing our opinion. Aren't they in their 80s now? <laughs> they're just dope. Yeah. But my point being is this. Whether or not you stand up and say, you know what? I was wrong. My opinion of it, I feel was wrong. They haven't really done that. Yeah, I mean, or nobody's, you know. But it doesn't matter. It's easier to put out a hit piece than it is like a, oh, this person yeah. was wrong about that. Yeah. I had a conversation one time, and sorry if this sounds like a name drop, with Catherine Hardwick, the lady who did the first Twilight. She also did Lords of Dogtown. She said mm -hmm. something because I was asking her about the, you know, what I had read up about Twilight. She said, she goes, you know, the first lie that they tell you is the one you believe. Yeah. I was like, fuck. She's kind of right. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, because we were talking to her about a project that we were doing. And it was just something that stuck with me. But time will work its magic. And we've said this in other podcasts. Time will work its magic because the humans that are making decisions today and their points of view, it's only going to last so long because eventually we all pass on. So whatever happens later, you know, that's why I'm a big fan of space exploration, not to get too nerdy. It's just yeah. because, you know what? It's a good sign, and I think this has even been said in some entertainment form or fashion. It's a good sign when the things we do today, we will not benefit from. Mm -hmm. Future generations will. Crypto, it may not be here 100 years from now. It may be something else, Yeah, but it's going to help us get there. Crypto, crypto. <laughs> and the tech behind it. Yeah. So, moving on. How to learn. Everything we're talking about right now, you know... We, again, we're not investment. We're not giving investment advice. We're just no. sharing our experience in it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. we, we're learning as well. Yeah. We're openly learning. The last podcast we did about Flux, we took, a, we took a chance. We're saying, hey, we do not know about this coin. Yeah. We like it. Yeah. We want to take a look at it and mine it. But Tyler was telling us about it, so Ty we decided to... To take a look at it. Yeah. yeah. And it... Do, like, do a pretty good deep dive into it yeah we wanted to really take a look what's the tokenomics of it yeah we wanted to learn what it can do and we openly learned about it on a podcast now if you are in the crypto space and listen to that you might be like what the fuck <laughs> yeah but here's the thing we are openly learning and we believe yeah. more people are openly learning and they need to learn how to learn yeah because when you learn how to learn it takes away a lot of the, the mystery, a lot of things that might seem daunting or might make it feel like it takes too long. Yeah. If you just look at the process that we went through on that podcast to understand Flux and adopted it into maybe what you uh, anybody would do, a listener would do to learn theirs, go to CoinMarketCap. Start there. It's a great place to start, right? Yeah. Well, if you want to see like the market of it, the market cap, you want to see the tokenomics. Well, they that, that's a that's gives a good briefs. spot, and then it does give you briefs and about what it's links about. Links to things. Links, yeah. No, it, I do. I do like that about them. 
in a sense. We've talked about it. Yeah. And so in that way, it empowers people to go out and learn. Well, that's why we ask every uh, guest, like, you know, what, what podcasts, what books do they, do they read up on the subject? Yeah. Like how they learn about what they, what they learn about. Yeah. Um, that's why we mentioned podcasts we're listening to because yeah. learned so much. Lex, is it Fryman, Friedman? He had Michael Saylor on. That was a great episode. We've talked yeah. about it a couple of times. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm in constant communication with uh, Angie Jones. Not constant, but we, we go back and forth. She's like, what, it, what do you think about this coin? What do you know about it? And I'm like, okay, you know. Because she's a lady we interviewed regarding the NFTs. Who yeah. Was a Hollywood animator. Yeah. It sold out. Now she has a new project. She has a new project that she's doing. It looks pretty dope. It's called Beast Mode? Beast Mode, yeah. yeah. Beast Mode. But she's another person who did not know anything about NFTs. At all. At all. And fortunately, she kind of had a hand with it with Saatchi Art, but mm-hmm. she still had a lot to learn on her own. You know, I've listened to other podcasts such as Bankless, you yeah. know. Um, the one thing that I hope we're bringing is we're not pretentious. Yeah. There is a lot of pretension in crypto talk anyway. Well, I mean, that's that's why we started this podcast, honestly. Yeah. We, we talked about it. What's the best way to get information to uh, our car partners, people that want to learn? Yeah. And it's like learn with us. While we're learning, you can learn as well. So, I mean, we don't, I mean, I don't ever say I'm a... I'm an expert on this subject, you know. So being, through trial and trial and error with mining, I feel like I'm pretty fucking good at it now. But <laughs> you know, well, you're, well, you know, why I believe you're pretty good at it now. Yeah, you know, and you're being humble about it. In my opinion, it's because you're a problem solver. Yeah, that's true. You're fucking constantly solving problems. Yeah, rigs could run really well for six hours, Dude, and then yeah. all of a sudden do something else for like six weeks. <laughs> You know what I mean? It yeah. run fine for six weeks. Yeah. And then, you know, all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, wait, I got to solve a problem. Yeah. Capacitor blew or something on a, on a spot you don't even recognize or the check. We like, get a new GPU and yeah. we put it in there and it takes down a couple rigs. Yeah. And then, it's LHR and. Yeah. Yeah. And we're accountable for all that. Yeah. So we have to cover those. We have to cover our drops for our card partners. Yeah. And in full transparency, you know, with everything that we're doing in this space. And coming from a PR standpoint, if you necessarily don't like the way we talk or the way we think about things, it's actually really good because in some companies, I feel like, and it's been happening more and more, Yeah. you realize that there are humans at this company. Yeah. And if you don't like what they do or think or subscribe to, maybe you shouldn't work with them. Yeah. You know? But if you like the way we're coming across, the way we talk... The way we're thinking about crypto, yeah. the fact that we do have you know one foot on the ground, one hand in the sky, because we got to stay grounded while shooting for the moon, then maybe you know we're a good option for you. And this isn't a sales thing. This is this is just happening across business. Period. There's a podcast out right now. I'll put it in the show notes talking about how everybody's a brand. Yeah, and they are. And how does this tie into learning? People are being more transparent because they have to be yeah. right now. They just have to be. And they have to have more personality with the brand. There's a lot of things that are happening where it's not just, oh, I buy products from this company, that's it. It's not that cut and dry anymore. And it might be because we're all content creators now. Yeah. Just the same way as that almost every company could become their own finance company, in my opinion. Um, there's so many things because the lines of distribution, the intermediaries are being broken down. That also comes back to learning. There's so much content out there that's free. Yep. We're making this content free. 
Should you pay for a course? I mean, maybe you'll find value. I'm not saying that people who put out paid courses are bad, um, but there's enough free information out there that you can do your own research and get where you want to go. Yeah. You don't have to pay for the content. I mean, you can I've go, bought books. You can go old school. Um, go I mean, to library? No. That's old school. No. My kids old, still go to library, man. Old school, old school, man. Come okay, on, what's we're that? talking about. What's web, more old school than that? Web 2 old school. Oh, Web 2 old school. Yeah, so like whenever I wanted to learn about a coin before I knew anything, you go onto Reddit, you see if they have a community. Yeah. If they don't have a community, that's a bad fucking sign. True. Don't. I mean, I wouldn't invest in in that coin unless they have like unless people are talking about it go on a twitter they should have a twitter uh community like it doesn't have to be super vibrant but they gotta be, they gotta have people talking about it um you know coin market cap uh but basically i would say reddit and twitter are my main learning sources like we said, it's kind of talking into a vacuum, an echo chamber. Well, Twitter, you, there's usually links out, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's where you get your same with your same with started. same with Reddit. Like, go to yeah. the cryptocurrency subreddit. Uh, I think there's like two million people on that subreddit. It, it's really, you know, and it's not the it's not the Wall Street bets of of cryptocurrency. They have Satoshi Street bets for that. So, and then you'll have a bunch of people pushing their shit coins on you, like trying to get you to buy whatever stonk doge or something. But there's links for you to go discover the information that you're yeah, reading. exactly. It's not like just take Reddit or Twitter at face value. Yeah. It's, okay, this was stated. I'm going to do a little bit of due diligence on yeah, this. Yeah, that, that's what I mean by old school. But, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Well... So in step with somewhat old school side of things, right? People love Audible. People yeah. love audiobooks. Yeah. Why would you not want a website read read to you? Yeah. If you do not know about a tech, I would much rather listen to it. Yeah. Than have to read it myself. Well, it, here's one better for you. Hoopla. Hoopla. Hoopla.com. Uh, they have an app as well. Okay. And it's sponsored by the Los Angeles Public Library. So you can sign up as long as you have a library card. You can listen to their entire collection for free. Oh, see? Yeah, so you don't even need to pay 10 bucks a month and then 20 bucks a book or whatever you pay. 20 bucks. Dude, you haven't been in the library in a while. <laughs> oh, you mean to buy it? On Audible. Audible. Got yeah. it, got it. I, I, I get where you're yeah. going now. But yeah, as far I, as... I was, I was just like, man, this is such a ripoff. Like, I get all these books for free. You I know? know that, like, for instance, uh, let's say it was TechCrunch or mm -hmm. it's A16Z's website because they put out a lot of good content that... Yeah. VC group. Yeah. Um, yeah. They put out the state of crypto. It was really good. Chris Dixon, um, he's one of the, I think, GPs over there. He, on this article that we linked to, and we'll put it in these show notes as well, he talks about block space. Yeah. And it's it works within the blockchain. So I'm not prepared to speak on it right now um, in a very informative way. But it will be in our show no show notes. But it's very interesting what he articulates. I mean, he's another one that I like a lot of the ways he thinks, a lot of the commentary. I haven't seen as much content from him as I in the previous maybe decade as I have recently. Yeah. Um, maybe just because I'm seeking it out more. Um, he worked with Katie Hahn before she went and did her own thing, and her VC group 
you know, we've talked about her. She's another one we'll put in the show notes link um, who's had a really amazing career within crypto already. And so where it goes back to how to learn more than anything is that nothing about crypto is not tangible. It's all tangible. Yeah. It's just when you hear new words or new acronyms or you're thinking about the tech and, you know, I, I've seen people, you can talk over people. Yeah. Any, you know, I mean, it's manipulative, right? Yeah. If you read books like Chris Voss has never split the difference or getting, you know, starting with no, like these negotiation books, much of what crypto has done is sim similar to the way web designers used to be in the early 2000s. You know what I mean? It was almost like snake oil salesman. You can get people to believe if you just sound educated. Yeah. I mean, that's where they talk about bad actors. But aside from the bad actor side of investing, part of that investment is your time to invest in the knowledge that you need to acquire to make educated decisions. And a lot of the content that's out there right now are the people talking about it. They, they talk about it so intelligently and informed. One, you don't necessarily know if it's bullshit or not. The other side of it is it's hard to digest. Yeah. If you're talking about things in a certain way that makes it harder to understand, who the hell wants to listen to it, man? Yeah, you not know a lot I mean? of people. It makes but it the, I mean, the problem with doing that as well is, uh, A, you sound pretentious. B, when people actually learn what you're fucking talking about, you look dumb as shit because <laughs> you're not actually saying the real stuff. You know? You're oh. not... Like... You know what? You know what? One of those things you know was. I, mean? I was listening to a podcast. It it had every jargon and slang you could fucking listen to it, and they're yeah. talking about oracles, oracles within the blockchain. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? What's an oracle? Yeah. I you know, and this was fairly recent, you know, because again, we're learning, we're learning at a pace. You know, a lot of it we're openly sharing. Yeah. But I looked it up, and an oracle, essentially a decentralized oracle, because that's what really kind of they were talking about decentralized oracles. I was like. Okay, what is that? Basically, it's a decentralized source of information that the blockchain is pulling from. I'll give you an mm -hmm. example. Let's say you have a, a mutable ledger, a blockchain, that has all the listings of every home that's for sale in your area. Yeah. Well, the price on that home can change before yep. it sells. Yep. The number of bedrooms it has, the square footage it has, the lot size, um, some of the amenities that go with the home. All that information can get written, but some of that might get updated. Like, let's say I have a home for sale for three months, and I'm like, you know what? Make this thing really sell better is if I turn that den into a bedroom. So now it's a four bedroom instead of a three bedroom. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to update that. Well, if you go and you update it through the MLS because you have a listing agent, or if you're just on Zillow and you put it up, it'll update everything, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that information that's getting updated can be listed to the blockchain in the case of something like real estate. But you need a decentralized oracle to deliver that information. That's the vehicle. So now you have a separate information source, source that can then be written to the blockchain where it's pulling from. So you want that to be decentralized. Yeah. Because imagine if you had a centralized source of information that could fill in the blanks that, yes, the address of that home will always be the address of that home. It's mm -hmm. not going to change. So that's the immutable part. Maybe. Well, that's true, huh? Yeah. Sometimes they do change street names. But for this example, yeah. But for this example, yeah, the where that house resides will always be that house, supposedly. Yeah. But maybe it changes square footage because maybe they put on a second story. Maybe they just add a little bit. Maybe they put on an ADU, an accessory yeah. dwelling unit. 
that information needs to be updated to that blockchain that has that home's listing on it. Yeah. Once it's sold, once it's resold, what it, once it's rented. Yeah. So where is it getting that information? Yeah. From an Oracle. Gotcha. And so that's where I learned about decentralized and centralized Oracles. And that became really interesting to me because it's like, oh shit. Yeah. That's how. That's the weak link in it. It's, an, well, we it's another one. It. It's another, <laughs> right? But there's so many that's things. That's how we could take it down. <laughs> But in talking about how to learn, that's why we wanted to learn openly Yeah. when we were talking about Flux. Like we wanted to read through things like the website because when you read things out loud, it sounds like rubbish Yeah. To half the time. Like a lot of these crypto sites, when you read them, I'm just like, oh my yeah. gosh, everything try, has four or five syllables. a white paper. Yeah. You know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. How do you disseminate it down, drill it down to the, its core principles? Like this yeah. is what it does. This is what it can do. Yeah. Go off and do your thing. I mean, with the market the way it is, like this is where like some of the, like this is where it, it's kind of like a sifter. Like you, you'll you see the people that actually care about the tech and the people that were just in it to make money. Yeah. The ones that were just trying to make money are gone. Yeah. The ones that are in it for the tech or, or had a good roadmap or uh, are able to articulate their vision to interested parties, those are the ones that are going to last through this bear market. And if they can make it through the bear market, then there's, you know, value added to the coin because you know that they're a stable company that, you know, is probably building a nice community behind them that's not like... Yeah, just because Web3 can be all these great things doesn't mean that they are yet. Yeah, oh, it's not. And no. it's not. It's so far from Web3 it. Web3 is the, like, pie in the sky that, like, we're trying to achieve we're trying to achieve we're trying to you know we're trying to yeah make I mean, Mars the, a civilization there's there's, in it, a there's implementations of it but yeah. yeah anyway but in step with learning yeah it's well, just about being more humble about it um for those who are sharing their information with others yeah you know what i mean i i'm of the opinion that i hope that people find value in what we're doing because um we were seeking it out yeah i mean Again, I've had some experience in real estate investing now. It's been about seven years, something like that. And we have a real estate meetup with a little over 1,100 members. And it was fairly active before the pandemic. Yep. And we would get people who knew what they were doing in real estate investing. We'd get newbies all the time, too. Yeah. And the fundamentals can always be talked about in that space. And I believe a lot of the ways that people were learning in that way also translate in the way people can learn about crypto and the tech behind it not just the currency side yeah. of it i mean another way is immersion therapy <laughs> have um, you tried that? immerse yourself in it yeah 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 Yeah, i mean definitely that's what what i well been doing. people only have so much time too right? that's true for you sure you know what i mean yeah my Beca- wife probably hates it when i'm on just like sitting in bed scrolling through reddit so you know we would get this question sometimes at real estate meetups people are like oh you can make a living and you don't have to work for a job and you cash flow x amount and you know, some people are like, well, I have responsibilities that I have to pay for. Yeah. I only have so much time to invest in real estate. Yeah. Not only in going out and finding the property and doing all that shit, but learning about it. Yeah. Like it's. E- Is it built on a, like a toxic waste dump? Uh, <laughs> Dude. Oh my gosh. You so know? even for those, and you know, I've seen it, I've seen it as recently as this last week. Um, people I work with who've been doing real estate investing for over a decade, you know, they're still running into problems. They're still learning new things. Yeah. And real estate is not new. Yeah. Whatsoever. No. Nothing about it is new. 
No, uh, it's up there with like surveying and prostitution. <laughs> right? I don't know. But that's that, like that's an interesting fact to look into. Oldest professions. Yeah. My dad always says that. Oh. He's like, it's the second oldest profession. Uh, he's like prostitution and surveying and i'm like what, what are you talking about what's your dad do for a living or what a, did he do he's a registered surveyor oh okay <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> he's like people got to know where their real estate starts and stops and i was like oh okay at a certain point in time they did before yeah. it was pretty lawless it just barbed wire was supposed to make good neighbors yeah well you got to <laughs> know where to put up the barbed wire to start right yeah yeah go dad <laughs> yeah i'm like oh, i don't know if that's true that. but yeah <laughs> so yeah um we hope you found value in what we shared today, what we talked about. would love to get your feedback or comments. Um, if you have any yeah. questions, please share. Yell at us on Twitter. Yell at us on Twitter. If you like this episode, please, you know, if you see value in it, share it with others. Like and subscribe. You know that whole shameless plug. Um, you can find out all information on CryptoPodcast.xyz in our show notes. We are very thorough as yeah. far as everything that we mentioned you know, we're talking about the links will be in our show notes. We're also creating chapters out of all the topics now. So it'll be easier to navigate. I believe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, some of the other apps, they use the timestamp click-throughs. YouTube definitely. YouTube definitely does. Yeah, Apple Podcast doesn't, which that's funny. But anyways, there you go. We're trying to make it more useful and helpful to you. Just yeah. Just to jump to. Listen to... Uh neil's other podcast crypto vibes it's a weekly breakdown of what's happening so if you want a more digestible piece of uh like a saturday sunday morning read but he reads you the news instead of you reading it yourself it's a good way to learn hey thanks man yeah yeah i i also like to think i add some nice commentary to it right yeah on cryptopodcast.xyz you can also subscribe to have everything just emailed to you so the show notes a link to all the episodes when they come out will just be directly emailed to you, which makes it easier. Wow. Right? You're trying to make things a little bit more. You know, we're always trying to figure out ways to improve the experience for everybody. Yeah. The recording podcast studio is provided by ADU West Coast here in Seal Beach, California. They turn underutilized garage space and backyards into rental housing units. You can check them out at aduwestcoast.com. aduwestcoast.com. <laughs> They're a good group of people, man. The original music is brought to you by The Celebrators. They just dropped a new EP. That link will also be in our show notes. This episode is produced by Wizard Cats and Vocal Visual. We thank you for listening, man. Awesome. Appreciate Thanks, you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.